Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host. And uh, guys, so we're basically just going to jump right into it. Uh, Matt and I just bullshit the entire time of this episode. There's a lot of gold in here on becoming the best version of yourself, of holding the standard of being personally excellent. And then uh, two phrases that completely changed the way that I view conversations which is all the way at the end. So you got to listen all the way through the episode. And with that, Matt and Dylan, take it away. Like when it comes to living your like best standard, like I think people forget so much of the time that it takes to get there, right? Of you, you start the process, right? The guy that's overweight, who's trying to get there. And then of anything else, right? Like of, of shooting, hunting, living off the land, farming, right? That takes so many reps to do and then in business the thing that i think people forget is like this is a lifetime game and they want to get there so fast like and i'm not like out of that <laughs> group of people right <laughs> like you want to get there so fast but you have to do it in a way that'll keep you in the game so like everybody wants to do it on leverage or how do i get there faster or all these other things not with the resources that you have you know they want to borrow money they want to get in debt they want to you know bring on partners they want somebody else to come in and save the day and they don't understand that like it is you right you have to save your own day and there is some you know mechanisms for funding and cash flow and like all that as long as the buckets are filled in your or the holes are filled in your bucket but like i've seen even in my short period of like really paying attention to people like people go out of business for not having like a solid game plan or they did so much shit on leverage that then they collapsed and they're never going to recover from it. So like, how can you do things to keep you in the game forever? Right. And like, that is, you know, it's like the old Warren Buffett quote of like your reputation takes a lifetime of build and a moment to destroy it. And so many people live their life on like that type of crutch of like, they're doing it in the moment, not on like, a reputation basis right like and they don't think about the ramifications of that that's absolutely correct man i mean there, there's there is no one coming to save us right whether it's in politics or in business in family life you have to you have to commit to being excellent yourself and to solving it yourself and you, you know you mentioned doing the reps and putting in the the time like i agree that there are some circumstances some instances where yes you could probably borrow a shit ton of cash or get some infusion that can can push you to the next level where you have a better chance of succeeding but at the end of the day i think a lot of those people who do that they they wake up at that next level not knowing how to operate because they didn't have to grind it out they didn't have to do all of the step by step by step process to learn how the hell to get there right it's i just started reading uh the E-Myth Revisited, and I know it's an age-old entrepreneurial book, and I've never read it until now, but, you know, it's it's the story of the, the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur, and if you don't yourself or your tight-knit group work through those, those um, mindsets or those personalities and just kind of bypass that by a bunch of money falling in your lap... I don't know how you really have set yourself up to succeed. And I think you're setting yourself up even more so for utter failure down the road because you haven't taken those lumps. You haven't been punched in the face. You, know, you haven't, you haven't learned to live it. You just kind of advance past that whole stage with a, with an infusion of money. And 
I, I don't know. That's how I look at it. Well, people don't value the skill set, right? That's really what it comes down to is if you like, if you think of it in terms of like, if you went to zero, could you do it again with nothing? And that takes skills and that's the difference. And so what you see in like these cash infusions or these entrepreneurs that like made it, had an exit, whatever is <clears throat> most of them can't do it again because they don't have the skills, right? You, sure. you look at even in our industry, like a plan grid, right? And the, the people that founded it, they like, they didn't really have the skills, right? They got cash infusions. So then they hired salespeople. They didn't learn to sell, um, you know, like yeah, the, um, her husband, you know, coded the first thing and she had the idea for it, saw well and good and then sold it well enough to, to get the money for it. But like, could she do it again? And I think my answer is like, no, cause she's going and sitting on boards of private e equity. Like she's not a true, like entrepreneurs can't not do this. Right. And the question becomes like, and two, like, I've been thinking about this and I get asked it, you know, on occasion is like, you know, am I ever going to sell? And the question then begs like, what would you do next? And so a true entrepreneur, like really in their cell, they have another mission. They have another purpose. They have something that's like setting them up. And then the question too, in the beginning of a company is like, are you building this to sell or are you building it to run? One, you care about money. Two, you care about the purpose and helping people. And those are two very different things. I don't think enough people ask that question up front and like, are you doing this just for money or are you doing it as, you know, a lifestyle, a way to live, a, a problem you really want to solve? And those are two very drastic questions than I think most people ever ask themselves. Hugely, hugely different, right? I mean, they're just completely polar opposite paths to take. One, you know, on the, on the money side and the, and the, building a business just to sell it. Those are the guys that are, you know, 20 year old quote unquote millionaires flexing on a, an Instagram with a rented Lamborghini um, versus the other path that, that I'm going down that, you know, we we're on different sides of the table and obviously, but I may be crusty and old before I even get to the point where I'm even thinking of selling the construction company. However, I know along the way, I'm going to boost up so many lives and, and improve, you know, the value that we bring to the market and, and the value we bring to our, our specialty contractor community. And there, there's so much more intrinsic benefit. And, and believe me, I want I want the fucking money too, right? But I don't need the money right now today so I can just bounce out of here and, and go do something different. I'm, I'm highly confident that if the walls come crashing down, uh, at the construction company that, yeah, I could go most anywhere and, and start from zero again. I know I can. I don't really want to, but I, I can sleep at night knowing that. It's like we started off with. It's like hunting and shooting guns, right? I know if if the shit really falls apart and the zombie apocalypse comes on and you know it's walking dead, I can go kill a deer and grow a garden and protect my family and, and keep moving on. And much in that same way, I know I can start another business. I know I can go and build another construction firm or, or whatever, but it's a totally different mindset and it's a totally different way of, of proceeding down the path of life every day in your, your day-to-day -day actions at your company, whatever it is you're doing. That was like a bandwidth issue, right? Like, can you, can you increase skills? Like you see all these people, like 
that are i mean they're going real broke real fast because they put all their money in like crypto and like it went to zero and like this is what people you know they they invest in what they think is a asset but it can go away right if it can go away overnight it's not an asset it is a liability and so like just like your your house is not truly an asset until you've paid it all off right until you have no mortgage it is not an asset it is a liability because you still have right. a monthly payment and so like that nuance right like in me learning to like write copy and market and run ads and all that kind of stuff or write software or design a building like that is a, that is an asset right i can take that somewhere and make money with it right your ability to put estimates together and schedules and bring a team together and put a building up that is a that is an asset that is a skill that is something that like took time effort energy but that you can sell into the marketplace and when you really look at like, if you just do like simple assets and liabilities, those two things become very apparent when you start to like go down that path. And this is like the question that over the last three years, I've significantly asked myself, right? Like of what is an actual skill, right? Like what is something that I'm going to get better and have no matter what on the other side of this, you know, like when COVID hit, like I just learned to program and then I spent a ton of time doing it. And like, yeah, I can pretty, pretty much only really code for myself and my own program, but I, like, I couldn't necessarily, I could go and add on to other stuff. And I'm like a basic level programmer from that context. Like I can do my own thing and I can read through other people's code well enough to like get through, but it was a skill to get me through my business. Right. And then figure out when people are bullshitting me. So that's, that becomes a skill like writing. I can take anywhere, you know? speaking take anywhere content take anywhere like what other things can you stack on the other side of that that you can transfer even if it's to another business in your same industry right like understanding deeply how like codes are written how things work or the finances of an ad firm like okay great i can take that yes i'm helping all the firms today but i can take that to any individual firm and that's a skill and a valuable asset to them and I think like when you really look at assets and liabilities and what is something you have to continue to put money into, that is a liability, right? Something that can pay you back, that is an asset. And like that fundamental difference between assets and liabilities, just on that from a skill set standpoint, from your finances, from your home life, from all of that, that is a very different way to look at things that I think, you know, people misconstrue like greatly. For sure, man. And, you know, you, you talk about assets. It, it's it's a hard concept, I think, for people to some people to understand. Right. Because the assets you're talking about, you know, the ability to, to code, the ability to sell strategic planning, you know, all these things, they don't necessarily have a dollar sign value attached to it. Right. So it's not like it's not like the Lamborghini you own that, you know, is worth X number of dollars. Um but the the potential is limitless to these type of assets, these kind of, you know, almost like personality assets. I'm sure there's a term, better term than that, but. Goodwill you know, is what that is on a balance sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it's goodwill. And, and, but you know, you know how to take those skills, those assets now and turn them into something that is, can appreciate in value over time immensely versus the guy who, you know, came up with a widget and borrowed $10 million to produce widgets and, and sells it real fast and then sells the business and exits. And 
there's nothing wrong with that, right? I don't, I don't want to shit all over the guys that build businesses and, and exit them. That's, that's a, a lofty goal for, for all of us, I think, um, to shoot for at some point, but it's just a different type of business. It's a different type of, of asset class, you know, and it's, it just takes a different personality. You have to know what you're in it for, right? Like, I, I've met a few corporate, well, one in particular, but like I've met some corporate raiders over the years, right? Guys that go buy businesses, fix them, flip them. And that that's, dude, you can make a lot of money doing that, but that is a skill, right? That is an asset that they have that the ability to go into companies, fix them, right? Make, generate sales and then flip them on the other side of it. So like, there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's, but those guys have acquired so many skills. They're usually older guys that can then go in and do all this stuff. And I think that you have to know what your purpose is going into whatever it is that you're doing. And that's the question that people haven't answered, right? Am I in this for the money or am I in this for the cause? Those are two very different questions that'll lead you to two very different places. And I think it's just being honest with yourself, right? Like I built Calabunga initially to like solve my own issue, right? Like, and I thought I was going to make a bunch of money and then it's turned into like, and I really don't want anybody else in the industry to have to suffer the way that I did. Right. And that's across all of it. You know, like I, I heard a story this weekend of, um, a guy that, um, one of the, one of our, uh, brothers in Arte, he, um, he's a home builder, custom home builder. And he went into, um, the sky after the 0809 um recession you know was building homes had a ton of money uh tied up and stuff owed a ton of taxes and then in um i don't know the year but the how the story went is you know one day he went into his office you know his friend in the area and his assistant came out just screaming um dude committed suicide in his office because mm of, you know, how much money he owed and didn't know a way out and anything like that. And so like my purpose has changed from, you know, just my own selfish reasons of like, I'm going to make money and this thing's going to be great. And we're going to help a lot of people. It's still that, but also like, you know, like we talk about in here is like suicide rates in construction are high, you know, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, a back problem, whether it's just the stress of the job, whether it's, I don't see a way out. I don't see a way forward. Right. That's most of the hopelessness is, you know, I don't, I don't see how things can get better or the economy went to shit or right. It's always the economy. It's never anything else. It's always like the economy went to shit. My money sucks. Right. Like, and then I'm never home. Then I'm a bastard to my wife and like all the other things that come along with that. And I think that like my, my voice, my purpose, just like yours is going to like evolve and change where, you know, it, it's always to help somebody and always to improve it. And I thought I was going to get necessarily like rich quicker than I have, but it's not like the, the rich, the, the money is not the end all, right. It's how many people can we help in the process? And then I thought it was unique in my story. Right. And like getting shingles and all this stuff. And it's like, well, the shingles part's unique, but like, you know, we've had guys on here that have like tumors and cancer 30, you know, like that <laughs> got high blood pressure and like other medical problems and to, to reach those guys and like, let them know that they're not alone. 
right? That there is a way out, that there is a way forward, that people are, you know, rooting for them, that people will help them along the way. That's become a much bigger thing, you know, and like selling isn't even on my radar, but it's always the first question people ask because they see that for like technology companies, you know, they never ask like a construction guy, like, oh, you're going to sell your firm. It's like, <laughs> it's just a weird thing, right? Yeah. I mean, you see the, you get the highly publicized ones like plan grid, right? They sold to Autodesk, was it? Bottom? Yeah. For like a, well, just shy of a billion, but big, like big chunk of coin. Yeah. And yeah. no, I don't often get asked by people if I, if, and when I'm going to sell the company, you know, it's a totally different, different Avenue to look at it. Um, <laughs> that, that'd be an interesting question to have to field. I did get asked the other day, uh, not to change the topic too much, but we were uh, talking with some insurance and bonding guys and my, I guess my ex business partner, um, whose namesake is still on the company, had kind of walked through the room, and the first question that these assholes asked me with my door open was, "Hey, when are you going to change the name of the company?" And I'm like, yeah, "That's a dick question, man. First of all, you know he's right there. Second of all, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I explained it to him. Like, I I don't plan to. You know, I've I've spent the last five years." rebranding the brand that it is but i don't want to sidetrack too much anyways it was more of an uncomfortable conversation because you know the dude's literally right there and they're like well when are you gonna strip his name off it and, and redo it like, man you guys are assholes well it's ego right because they would do the same thing they would rip his name off and so but that's an ego question right like that's that's coming from a place of um that's what they would do but knowing what you know that's a dumb move right oh there's so much value in in the brand right in the name in the recognition and for the record in case they're listening my insurance guys aren't assholes but the the bonding guy that was there was quite a prick um well, but dude it's like you know kanye changed his name to ye right or whatever the hell it is he's still <laughs> kanye right like it, it's fucking Kanye. So like your brand, your name has value, right? If Warren Buffett changed his name to, you know, Billy Bob, you know, it wouldn't have the same, you know, residence, right? He's Warren Buffett. You could just say Buffett, right? And you, one of two things, you're either a parrot head or, you know, you, it's Warren, right. Or uncle Warren or whatever. Right. You could say uncle Warren and people know who you're talking about. So like that type of brand recognition, you cannot like undo. That is what goodwill is on a balance sheet. Right. Like that is something that is not replaceable. For sure. And especially with a company like, like mine, you know, it, where we're, we're very geographically limited, right. We're, we're localized we operate within a very fixed radius of, of our little area of influence. And, you know, frankly, to change the name would be a, a really short-sighted maneuver in, in my mind. Now, well, we're, not, we're no Warren Buffett, you know, we're no uh, Turner Construction or, or Auk or any of that shit. However, there is definite brand and name recognition that we've, we've earned and we've grown. I mean, the, the thing is the same, right? Magnitude is different, but the the concept is exactly the same, right? So <clears throat> Warren Buffett and the billions of dollars that he's worth, 
right? You're talking about million dollar decisions, right? Or hundred thousand dollars decisions or whatever it is in your business. It could be a $10,000 decision that feels like 10 million or right. a billion, right? Like the numbers are relative to where you are in the scale of things. So like, you know, for some of you out there, like a $5,000 decision in joining like a mastermind or a group or personal development or going to a conference might be more money than you. It might be all the money you have. That's a very different decision than like Warren, but it's like equal to Warren Buffett buying a company. Like it's the, the degree is the same relative to your worth. And I think this is like the other thing that like even I struggle with is like when people talk about, you know, doing the work regardless of, you know, the outcome is like, how do you think about that? Right. How do you think about like, what work do you need to actually put in to, to on the other side of it, what result would you want to realize? So like, for example, us doing the podcast, like that's putting in the work, right? Doing the work that, like you said last week, doesn't scale, right? It is inefficient use of time. But in like the result is the the magnitude and the ripple effect that we have from our voices, just like you have with your voice, you know, in your community. I'm talking to you, the listener, right? Like, <clears throat> You have your circle of influence, even if it's just your wife, your kids, the guys you work with, that is your circle of influence. And the bigger that you make that, you know, the more ripples that you have, but you know, one ripple is enough. Well, and that's how you affect real change in an industry, in our, in a country, in the world is, is the one pebble at a time, right. Thrown into the lake. And, and if enough people would start doing that and start recognizing their voice and, and really, you know, using their their God-given talents and gifts for the better of of the whole, the better of society. I mean, think of the what think how much better a place we'd be in. You know, there's no we're not gonna get into politics, I don't, I don't think, but you know, we've never been as divided of a country as we are currently, regardless of what happened yesterday with the the elections. I don't really want to go down that hole, but to to kind of circle back like just the the power in personal excellence the power in in looking to do good for your fellow man your fellow neighbor is so massive but so few people ever take the time to to either think about it and and even fewer take the time to actually do something about it you know you we we've talked about assets and liabilities and and, and all of these these things there's so much that the average person can do like this podcast is a great example, right? It doesn't cost us shit except for a little bit of time. Um, and, and it's not like we're a top 10 podcast of the year, right? Let's, let's be real here. But I don't give a shit. If we reach one person and change that dude or that, that woman's outlook on either the industry or life in general or anything for the better, then all of the time spent sitting next to this microphone is well beyond worth it to me i don't know maybe maybe that's a high in the sky way to look at it but we could all do better yeah so like man I, so this weekend there so i was at arts a live this last weekend and you know two of the best speakers in the world uh robert green was there and then a guy that i i hadn't heard of um damon west in his speech and two of the things that 
that really hit me, really resonated with me. And I've heard this in Arte before. I've heard it in other places. And there's something, there's some things you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know, right? Well, you really don't because you haven't put it into action, right? Somebody that knows something and doesn't use it doesn't know. And when you go down that path is, right, personal excellence is the only rebellion or the personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. And so what that means is that people are always going to look for you to slip up, right? You to do something wrong and that be their excuse to do whatever it is that you want to do, right? Like, oh, I saw my my leader, my boss, like, oh, he was drinking beers one time and it might've been the one time in a year that he, you go out for a beer, but then they use that for the every day for the rest of their lives to say that it's acceptable, right? So, or it's just like, when you show up with your family, you know, everybody's drinking and have, you know, arguing and whatever, but those are the only times that they see you during the year. So that is how they see you. And no matter how you live the rest of your life, they see you in that moment. Right. So whatever you do in those moments and like, I am no saint when it comes to this, right. You get around family, you, you, everything flows and then you argue and you know, whatever else, right. From that. And so, but if you do the how you live the rest of your life in those same moments, then they will see you in that way. And that's the part of it. The other part of it is this thing of like invisible progress, right? We won't necessarily know that we changed one person. We're just going to do it assuming that we have. And that's a big difference in being able to do the work and not see any result from it. Even though results might happen, we just don't know, right? We don't know unless somebody tags us in, you know, a post or sharing the show or something that they got from it. Right. So like those things and, and showing the people that you follow, that you care about through those types of actions is how that they know that they're doing uh good work. Right. It's those testimonials, if you will, that come back and the, the thank yous. And this is why so much in construction is by not kind of transferring that gratitude, those, testimonial videos, those excitements about their new facility or the problem that you solved, right? And only presenting problems to your team that nobody ever feels hope. They, It's always this invisible progress and no recognition for what they've done that keep them in such a, a low place. So like those two things go hand in hand, but the longer that you can go without ever receiving recognition for anything that you do, the better off you're going to be. But that is a hard place to live and you have to find uh, like gratitude and um, just an okayness, I guess I'm looking for the word there of like doing the thing that you do and significance and purpose and passion and everything else without ever seeing a, a dime, a dollar, a praise, a thank you, an attaboy, whatever you need on the other side of that. Like you have to be okay with never having any of it to have the types of impact that you want. Right. It's like, getting fit and you don't see a six pack in six weeks. It's like, well, well, you were a little fatter than you should have been, right? You didn't work as hard as you should have, right? There's all these things that go into that is you have to keep working until you get the result or just keep working for the sake of work, right? That the process is greater than perfection or results, right? I love that invisible progress um, theory, right? And, and I think, it's important to note that it's very different from the entrepreneur or the business owner versus the employee, 
or the entrepreneur. And as a, as an entrepreneur or business owner, like you have to be comfortable with that for possibly forever. Right. And, and in the invisible progress and not necessarily seeing the results so fast and not getting the slap on the back or the, you know, the thank yous, but you got to flip that too, when you've got employees and people working for you, because what I've learned anyways, is especially where, what I've learned, you know, in my mind, like I, I expect people to have the same grit, the same drive, the same determination, the same, you know, 100 to zero mindset constantly for the business. In reality, that's bullshit. It's a shitty way to look at things because no one else has the skin in the business that I do. No one else wanted or 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 took that leap that I did to to put myself in the position I'm in. So, and that's not good or bad. It's not a it's not a, a judgment call. But you gotta, as a business owner, recognize that your employees, you know, while you can deal with the invisible progress and 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 not getting the recognition your employees need it they need to see you recognizing them and and your the the rest of your team they need to have that this doesn't have to be constant it doesn't have to be foo-foo or you know making it soft and, and gushy but once in a while like you got to recognize your people and as a as a pre-con guy at my core i know this very very well right like the the job of an estimator or pre-con manager, whatever you want to call them, is one of the most thankless jobs that that there is out there, right? Because you're in a you're in a role where if you get it right and you do your job correctly, you put out a, a proposal or an estimate that that is good and true and, and is where it's supposed to be. Your company gets the, a project and then it moves on to construction. Very, very rarely does anyone stop and have a a party after you know you you get a contract maybe maybe a drink maybe a toast but it's, it doesn't really happen that way often because the the pace of our lives is so friggin' hectic that it's sign the contract go let's build the damn thing next now we got the other one coming in the flip side of that as an estimator if you if you really shit the bed and do something wrong the results can be catastrophic and then you're on the other end of that recognition stick that no one wants to be on. So I'm saying this out loud, but I, I need, I've lived it. I need to be better at the management side of this, this story, but you know, it's people need recognition. They need that, that pat on the back. They need the, whatever the, the shot of bourbon in the office, at, you know, on a late night or, or a, a gift card when they did something cool or whatever, there's a million ways to handle it and to, to do it. Um, but you gotta, you gotta separate those two very definite distinctions in, in, in employee versus employer, I guess, at the, at the root of it. Well, and the other thing in construction, I mean, you're spot on in that is, but the other thing ends up being is there's an 18 month delay, no matter what, right. There's a, there's a time that like, you know, being on the design side and then seeing the project through, right. That's two years in most cases, right? From what you design to what's built, maybe a year, depending on the project. But like to see that it worked or didn't or looks like shit or looks great, you know, like <laughs> there's a big time delay where most other industries have feedback on a much faster basis, 
right? Even you take health, like somebody can lose a hundred pounds in a hundred days, right? Like, cause most of that's water weight. If you have that much weight to lose, like you can, you can lose that in a, in a hundred days, you can lose that in six months for sure. And so for us, we have like these huge time factors, you know, either it's too tight on time and everybody's beating your ass to get it out the door, or it's like, you know, you're late or we don't see anything for six months and forget about it. Cause we're on to the next project and getting our ass beat to get it out the door for the next thing. Right. And so like those time delays and time factors are pretty unique to construction. Um, shit. I mean, they can build a car in less time than it takes us to put a building together. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the, the example I was going to spit out. Right. Like if, <laughs> if you, if you build a shitty car, you know, right away, or if you, build a winner you know right away you know within within a couple months and yeah you know yeah they'll they'll kill a few thousand people in a year you know (laughs) right it's just uh it's a it's a different cycle and most of the people that listen to us are in and around the construction world in some capacity Um, but there are some i know that that aren't and i you know it's 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 hard to explain to people like the, the time cost of what we do is so huge. And it, it goes to the, it goes back to the age old question of, you know, when, when the plumber shows up at your house to fix your toilet, that you know, your, your clogged toilet and he quotes you a hundred dollars and you balk at the price. The guy's like, go to hell. You're not paying a hundred dollars for, me just to plunge your toilet or to, or to swap out your fixture, whatever it is, you're paying a hundred dollars for the years and years of sweat equity that I've put into this and, and learning and all the tools I've had to buy. And, you know, the, it's just a, it's such a huge time cycle, regardless of what aspect of our industry you're in it, nothing happens rapidly except for the bad shit. Yeah. It goes to hell in a handbasket in a hurry. And, you know, there's that side of it, right? It's the same thing in building a reputation, right? Doing the right things for a long period of time, it like it sucks. There's so many ways to talk about that. Like it's just a slog, man. And so, like, this is what I've learned more than anything is that like doing the right thing over a long period of time takes so much time. And one of the best analogies I've heard around this is like uh think of building a bridge and in building that bridge, you can't cross the bridge until the last brick is laid, right? You can't march across it until everything is in place. And so often with, you know, in construction and building your business and putting all these systems in place, like so often we're relating, we're waiting for that last brick to be laid before, you know, the thing works, right? You, you look at sales and marketing as this big whole writer doing proposals and presentations. Well, like I met with these guys, then I had coffee with them, then I had lunch with them. Then, you know, I was able to sponsor a dinner that, you know, took 10 grand to be at, to have an opportunity to, you know, then present to their, at their next proposal for their next project. And then, you know, we put the proposal together, but I had to learn how to write. I needed to have enough uh, stuff in my portfolio to be able to put and present into that project, right? Which is why you don't change a name because you have all the portfolio projects on the, you know, backside of it. Then, you know, I had to be able to speak and present and do it in a way that convinced people to buy from me. 
I just named 15 skills that you have to have to then apply for that next big project. You know, you're not going to build an airport or a hospital on your first go, like not going to happen. And so many people want to get to that big project where in construction, I think it's a little more like realistic and like, look, you're building, you know, houses or maybe on commercial side, you start with like tenant infills of a restaurant or like these simple little TI projects. Then you move up to new builds of, you know, corn shelf or like that strip mall. And then you do full up builds. Then you're doing, you know, the next thing and all the way up to where in five, 10 years, now you can do that hospital expansion project. You can't do a ground up rebuild, but in 15 years, you can do a ground up billion dollar project and people will trust you with that. And then they're like, well, it's great to be at overnight success. And it's like, well, dude, come on. You know, but that's the, that's progression. And I think we forget about like that. It's easy to see in construction, but like, look at that stack of skills, right? That's 15, 20 <laughs> skills to just put a proposal together, not to mention everything that you learned on all of your portfolio projects as you go along. And I think because of the time constraints and like, we forget of who we are because we wake up us every day that not everybody has these sets of skills. Not everybody can design a building and you're like, well, yeah, this, this is easy. Well, it's easy now, but like, remember when you just started and how hard and time consuming and frustrating everything was like, you know, you got to give yourself grace on both sides, right? Like, you know, more than you probably think you do, but you're still dumber than, you know, you think you are right. Like it's, <laughs> it's both. Yes. There are, are years and years and years of, of toil and effort that go into this. And you're still just a dumbass at the end of the day. And you still better be striving to learn every day. That's, that's the only way to keep this train moving. Like, so I'm, I read a lot of stuff and a lot of pretty weird shit, um, if I were to be honest. Uh, but one of the books that I was reading is like this really weird physics book. But what they talked about is um, Beginner's Mind, which is a really weird thing that's talk about in a, in a physics book and you're like why would that matter well if you look at most nobel laureates uh granted they don't get awarded it uh probably until they're 50 or 60 uh but most of the people that win like nobel prizes is from a paper that they wrote or a theory that they created or whatever in their 20s so but they you know it takes like 20 years for most of the stuff to pan out to then say you know hey you win a nobel prize you know, very few things like happen under a decade and getting a Nobel. Plus there's just a lot of cool shit that happens that, you know, you get to award people for. So, and you only get one a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but in that, like, when you think about it, why are people in their twenties and thirties, the ones that win, uh, like, and it's typically in their twenties or early thirties. Why is, are those people the ones that those papers and those ages are the people that get Nobels. Well, they come to it with fresh eyes, right? They come to it with the beginner's mind. They don't know what they don't know. And because they look at things through such a lens, you know, like um, Robert Green talked about this in his uh, presentation this weekend is like the two things that kill, uh, you know, leaders or emperors is age, right? And not age from a sense of getting old, but it's an age, it's an age in the sense of, you you accumulate all this experience and so you don't do the things you don't do certain things because you don't do them right like the story goes of the woman that cuts off the end of her pork roast 
um, puts it in the oven. It's like, well, why do you do that? I don't know. It's what my mom did. And then you go ask the mom, well, why do you do that? Well, my pan wasn't big enough to fit the roast in. So I cut the ends off. It's like, well, you got a bigger pan now. Like it's things like that, that we, we stack all this experience of like why we build projects, how we build projects, how we estimate them, why we do it. And we have this long checklist of shit that we, we always do now because it bit us one time on one project with one thing from one guy that happened to be, you know, rough. And then we take that experience and we stack it into everything else. And there's so many things that we do that have, have, had we go back and look at them through an objective lens of, should I actually be doing this today? You would change how you do things, but very rarely do we look at it through a beginner's mind, which is why you should have people around you who are new to things like new to the industry, which is why the young person in your firm is like, you know, like I always got this cause I was the young ambitious guy, you know, gunsling and whatever that got shot down a lot is like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, but like, can we look at this? <laughs> like, tell me why I'm an idiot versus just like shutting me down. And I think that is a leadership trait that we can be open to and like walking through it. Cause there's probably one piece of their logic that is sound that would change things for you that you just discard wholeheartedly because you know it's coming from a bad source and you know for better or worse that's what it is that's a really powerful concept man that whole beginner's mind thing think of the the innovation that's lost because we allow ourselves to be jaded by our past and our history and our, our previous exploits like you, you do that you know, humans need to do that to, to insulate and to protect themselves, right? You, you touch the stove once and you burn your hand, you don't do it again. You, you know, you walk into the dark cave at night and you get attacked by the, the saber-toothed tiger, you don't do it again. But in business, I think we allow ourselves to take, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and, and the bad and the ugly get kind of wrapped up into one pot. And some of the bad's really not so bad, right? In the grand scheme of things, some of the bad you actually learn from, but we we force ourselves to stack these things, you know, against future movements and, and it's preservation and I get it and, and I do it. I know I do it. You were talking about that and I was thinking of like, holy shit, I, I do this every day, but the innovation we're losing or we're missing out on because of that could be immeasurable. Yeah. I mean, we all have it in something, right? There's something that we do that keeps us like, you can pry my coffee from my cold dead hands, right? Like, is that something that serves me? Probably not, but fuck it. I own that, right? Like I know what I'm getting, I know what I'm doing, but that's looking at it from a, like, I made a decision and I'm committing to it. And so like, and the same thing goes with like, you know, it could be alcohol, food, right? Does this actually serve me? And then your business, it becomes like, fitness is usually the the black and white thing that everybody gives the example on but in your business like is the way that you're treating like the intake of clients the way that you should be right is the structure of your contracts the thing that it should be and a lot of this is boring ass work that really sucks that nobody wants to deal with but you spend two hours to actually go through it and to figure it out like is this the way that we should be designing things is this the pathway that we should use in projects to do design reviews and critiques is this how we should run uh our construction and progress meetings 
like nobody ever asked that question. It's just, this is how these things have been done forever. And will you find something in it? Maybe, you know, but nobody asked the question. And then when a young guy is like, well, why do we do this? And it's like, well, dude, this is how we've always done it. And nothing's gone wrong yet. No one will tell you that answer, but that's what they're thinking is like, shut up. You know, you're, you're 20. You don't know shit. Like sit down, shut up. So, but like this, this whole concept is like, and to not be afraid to ask the stupid questions. Right. Like, so I'll give a weird example. So like, I'm new to the whole shooting and pistol world. And so like, this is something I talk about, like I brought up with a ton of people and in Arte, there's a lot of guys that know a lot about guns. And so, and then have carried for a long time. And I'm like, dude, well, like I'm new to this. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. This shit feels weird. Like I asked you about stuff and like, I asked another guy, uh, like Zach, who's been on the show, like, Hey man, like, how do you, how do you care? Like, how do you do this? How do you carry? Like, what's something that he's like, well, so when you move, this is how you should like end up moving. Right. You don't want to squat over. Cause then you're going to print and all this other stuff. And for any of you that don't carry guns or don't have it concealed or don't do any of that, you're not going to get any of this, but coming at it from a beginner's mind, like this is shit I have no clue about, but I'm not afraid. Like I'm still kind of leery to ask some questions because it's like taboo in some areas to talk about guns. But at the same time, like once I get into the conversation and somebody is like open to having it, then I'm willing to ask those questions that make me look like an idiot. But I'm also like, dude, I don't know shit. Please help me. Right. And that's the, the mindset that we have to have in a lot of things like I'm just having it in this and I'm learning a ton and it's all new and exciting and everything else. But like how many things that you, have you gone through to where like, Oh, this is just what I do because this is how we do it. And you know, this is who I learned from and everything else where you're not willing to, to come back and like reassess the situation. There's a lot of benefit that can come from disrupting things and and just having the open mind to do things differently and whether that takes the the less experienced guy asking you know what asking questions or, or asking rudimentary questions and that that get you talking and get you you know having a conversation and, and thinking or or various other things it's all positive it's all ways to disrupt and change and eventually lead to innovation and our industry especially is piss poor at innovating and changing. And we've talked about that numerous times. It's, it's a curmudgeon old, you know, that's the blue collar badass, right? Is, is the crusty old guy who doesn't give a shit about what the new guy has to say, but we're trying to flex that a little bit and change it. And, you know, the, the example you just brought up with the gun thing, it, it applies across the board to many different topics and, and areas of what we do. Right. And, you just got to be, you got to have the open mind at the, at the experience level guy, but you got to also as the the less experienced guy, you got to have the stones to put yourself out there and ask what you, what may be a dumb question, right? And you don't know, but it could lead to now you're learning things you need to learn. You're, you're combining thoughts with other people and you're coming up with different ways to do things. And it's all, it's all for the benefit in my mind. 
it comes down to just asking why, like, why do we do this? And not being an asshole when you ask it. <laughs> like, I think so many people, especially in construction, can be real dicks when they start to go down this path. 100%. So, <laughs> like, we've all done it. You know, I'm, I'm probably as guilty as the next guy on that one. But, like, how... Like, why are we doing this? Why why is this the pathway that we we have taken, right? Um, can you, and really the way to phrase that instead of why do we do this is can you help me understand why this is the the path, why this is the the way that we do it? I don't quite get it. Because then it, it puts a lot of the brunt on you and you're not forcefully directing to somebody else. Like, can you help me understand, which also puts you in like a, a beta position basically where you're making them the alpha in the scenario that you are, you know, master Padawan kind of thing where they know more than you. So it's helping you to understand why they're doing it. But in the process, you're basically asking why without coming off as an asshole. And that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I've learned or the other way to frame that, that I've learned. Cause I was real bad at this is, uh, not only can you help me understand, but, um, like, can you, can you help me understand or what I'm hearing from you is and then reiterate that sentence from them to then again it it's you clarifying what it is and not being pointed not being uh terse not being like blunt with somebody it's what i'm hearing is and then reiterate what you hear from them and that will it puts it such in a position of like it's non-confrontational like it it's an easy way to go about things and those two sentences have changed so many outcomes from me that could have like gone very differently once i learned that right like i never got anywhere and then i swapped that to can you help me understand and what i'm hearing is that's that's gold right there there there's the the value in this episode <laughs> in the in the last two sentences you just threw it out there that's huge yeah, and I think this is probably going to be a format for us moving forward. It's just Matt and Dylan bullshit. Um, just riffing on things. I, I like it. <laughs> and we'll leave it in here. Um, with that, guys, like, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if there's some parts that you really enjoy, appreciate. Um, I like doing this episode. This was fun for me to just riff on random stuff, uh, pull a lot of things that I've learned kind of together. And... Um, talk about indirectly some of the things that are going on in the world. So if you like this, go ahead and share it, tag us, please, or email us. Be uh, more than happy to have some further conversations around everything and uh, just let us know how we're doing. Absolutely. That's, that's all we're asking for. It's a very, very modest fee, right? Just just help us share the show and and keep the communication up and we'll keep doing this. And that's this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time.